Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby. It doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB, struggling with my fading button. Does that sound alright? It sounds okay. Sounds okay? Sl- um, not as slick as it might always, but it sounds okay to me. Yeah. And next to me is this week's loyal assistant, Phil. How are you, Phil? <laughs> Hello, JB. I'm very good. Back from a lovely, relaxing holiday, or as la- relaxing as it can be with... Um, Two children under two and a half in North Yorkshire. That's so relaxing. It sounds relaxing. So relaxing. Uh, did you Everest anything? Did, uh, you, did, did, you mount, <laughs> did you mount anything? I, I mounted, I did mount um, the uh, chimney bank, Rose, Rosedale chimney bank, uh, just just once in one day. Um, I did look up, it was, it was 49 times to Everest it. <laughs> Isn't it? 49 times, which up and down, uh, you'd have to cover uh, over 100 kilometres. To do it, wow! Um, so, which, but it's it's steep, so it's only eight hundred meters of ascent. Uh, sorry, eight hundred meters horizontally to give you uh, just less than two hundred meters vertically. Ah. But um, yeah, I did not do it multiple times. Ah. Certainly not forty nine times. Uh, and this week's low efforts, low work rate <laughs> individual, Tim Cocker. How are you? Good evening and apologies, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in London because uh, I don't know if you've heard, but it's coming home. Uh, is it? <laughs> Is, is it coming home tonight? It's coming home tonight. Uh, bef- we're recording this prior to kickoff, uh, and I'm I'm confident it's coming home. Although, you know, should we lose it all, this little bit here will just add an extra bit of enjoyment to the uh, to the strength of nationalism that's come from some Scots Welsh and well, mainly Scots Welsh actually. I haven't really noticed any Northern Irish, but it it it. It's the same with rugby, but it's the same with football. It only makes me enjoy it even more when you know there's some people that hate it so much. Exactly right. (laughs) It's sort of the... How can I explain it? It's It's the adverse relationship that makes it so enjoyable in a way, isn't it? Yeah, sport is about competition, yeah. isn't it? It's, we should we should embrace the competitive side of sport and and all things like that. We shouldn't we shouldn't try and tone it down or turn it off. No, people. Um, there, there has been a lot of belly aching this week about nationalism, and I think a lot of people who don't follow sports because England are in the final, all of a sudden, like, oh my god, 
They support teams. They support teams all the time, and they don't <laughs> like teams that aren't their teams. Uh, did you see the front page of the Scottish paper? The National. The National, it? yeah. Yeah. I, I, I quite like it. It was, it was I think very funny. I think it's funny, and it's, it's genuine. It's funny. Yeah. The way I look at it, it is if I built that front page as a parody of what the National would print, it would be funny. Yes. Therefore, it, it is funny. It is funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I mean, it's it always must sound slightly patronising to people of Scotland or Wales and stuff, uh, or Northern Ireland or whatever it is, or Republic of Ireland in a World Cup. But I always really, really root for for those guys in tournaments yeah. when they go further than England go, like Wales, when Wales, Wales went to the semi-finals four years ago. Yes. Yeah. I totally root for them, but then that must seem ever so slightly patronising because it's uh, well, it isn't it's like little pat on the head. Well, I like to think. Go of on, it. Go, go on, small principality. <laughs> go, go on, dependent well, country. Small principality slash large county. Large county, as, as you course. said. Um, I, I like to think of it as as a bit like the rivalry between Saracens and Quins. Like uh, certainly historically, that's a great one. Quins Quins have hated Saracens, and Saracens haven't really known Quins existed. <laughs> well, which is, which is kind of like Scotland and England in ex- the football, except for that's what I thought. That is wrong, I think, because when Quinn's played at Saracens, obviously Alex Sanderson's got his uh, Saracens hat on to a certain degree when it comes to Quinn's. He does not like them. He does oh, okay. Not like them. okay. And he doesn't explicitly not say he doesn't like them, but you can just tell by the way he talks about them, he doesn't like them. And he says something. I wonder if he'll regret this now. I, I, I don't think he... It's the only thing I've ever heard him say which is even remor- marginally ill-considered or has come back to bite him. The only thing... And he says, I just don't get them. I don't understand them. Uh, and this is after he beat his team's beaten them 40-odd points to yeah. whatever it is. Because you know, someone said they're loose with the ball or one. He goes, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do there. I don't understand <laughs> them. Just not my thing. Don't know. Wow. Well. <laughs> I wonder how much of that is a dig at Quinns and how much of that is a dig at, obviously, the, his former colleague and the outgoing DOR last season, Gustard. Well, or was it to support Gustard? Maybe. Because Gustard had already gone. Yeah. So whichever mm. way that was, but you know, now they've won the league, maybe we should all start understanding Quinns. Yeah. Maybe the anim- and maybe the animosity is mutual. Well, it, we certainly will see. Well, they're top dogs, the ones to be shot down by Saris next year, aren't they? So we'll, yeah. we'll see about that. So, everyone, um, yeah. I've got a little, I've got a little game, gents. Oh yes, so you know, I used to work on XFM. Did you? Yeah. And uh, one of the things that was made me most proud to work on XFM was the fact that. Before you know, but years ago when I didn't even think, I didn't even know I wanted to do radio or anything. Before any even that was a dream, I used to listen to Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and Carl Pilkington on their show on XFM. Yeah. So to be on that same station just was I I was absolutely buzzing about that. And their show had a a little segment called Rockbusters. You know, like the old TV show Blockbusters. Yes. But it was kind of Carl Pilkington styled it. Well, I've come up with something called Rock. Busters, which I'm going to try out on the show now. Nice. Wow. And what I've got is I've got some cryptic clues that describe the names of some members of the British and Irish Lions squad. Okay. Interesting. Now, just so you know, I yeah. have no idea how Blockbusters was played. I can't remember it. I remember it doesn't the... matter. It's just a cryptic clue. It's just a cryptic clue to a name. Okay. okay. Fine. That's all you need to know. So what, what I'm going to give you three... And you've got to just make a note of them, write them down on your phone, write them down somewhere, whatever. Okay. We, don't t- we won't go one by one, just, just keep all three. Oh, so the okay. first one is, it's a member of the Lions squad, and the clue is, 
E.T. didn't go home. He sees his best mate all the time. Say the first bit again. E.T. didn't go home. He sees his best mate all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right on. Okay. Uh, the next one. You need to pay Colin for his role in True Detective. Even though Series 2 wasn't nearly as good as Series 1. I've Yeah, I like that one. I've got that one. What? How have you got these? Yeah. I've not got the first one. He didn't go home. The first one, E.T. didn't go home. He sees his best mate all the time. Second one, you need to pay Colin for his role in True Detective, even though Series 2 wasn't nearly as good as Series 1. Yeah. Uh, And the third one, is there a paper bag under the paddleboard? Is there a paper bag? (laughs) Okay. I'm not doing well on this. I, I've got one. Third one again. Is there a paper bag? Is it? Is there? Is there? Is that a paper bag underneath the paddleboard? Okay. 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 Is that a paper bag? Hmm. 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 These. These are. I mean. So I've got number two, but I you sort of have to get tuned into the. Yeah. Minute, I think. Number two helped me, but the other two. So Jay, have you got any? Um, I mean, maybe, maybe two, maybe. So what have you got for number two? Farrell. Well, Owen Farrell. So you got, <laughs> you got to pay. So Owen, as in, you owe him money. Yeah. Farrell, Colin. Yeah. Farrell. So there, yeah, that is that number two. Yes, Owen Farrell is number two. Owen Farrell. So Colin Owen Farrell was in True Detective Series okay, 2. You've got to pay okay. him Owen Farrell. Okay, right. So I'm, I'm glad I got that. I'm glad I got that because this could get... See, the, the way this uh, is normally okay, played... Okay, 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 give... okay, okay, okay. Enough now, Tim. I've got it. Okay. Um, so can you go through number one again? Number one. Number one. E.T. didn't go home. He sees his best mate all the time. Oh, I need I need a list of lions names. That's what I need. I need a list of the lions lion squad. Well, normally the way this is played is you you give the initials and then you do the clue. But I think that would make it too easy. Yeah, I I think you're right because as soon as you um, if if it was not just limited to lions players and it was any rugby player, then I think that that's how the game would work. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So, okay, 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 fine. Okay, and the final one. It, is that a paper bag under the paddleboard? So, number one, any guesses? Not yet, there's not. No. Um, uh, sees his best mate all the time? Yeah. Is it Elliot Daly? Yes! Yes! Uh. Elliot Daly. Okay, and paper uh. bag under the paddleboard. Paddleboard. What's under a paddleboard? Finn Russell. Oh, damn it. Oh, God. <laughs> damn it. I'll tell you what, I'll try I think I think this could really genuinely work. I'll try it next week with In fact, I'll try a rugby one now where I'll do the initials, okay? This is so this isn't a Lions player, it's just a rugby player. The initials and this is what makes it a bit more like blockbusters. So this is the the initials are D A and the clue a nut is the head of a mob family. <laughs> um 
<laughs> okay. D-A. D-A. A nut is a head of a mob family. Uh, uh, oh, my word. What do they call the head of a mob family? Like an Italian... Isaac Boss. Um, Don Armand. Don Armand. <laughs> <laughs> so that is very good. That is very good. Yes. Yeah, you see, with the letters, I think it works. Yes. Right. Oh, God, you gave right. the letters, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, D.A. Don Armand. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll work on that and I'll come back, but fine. But right. no, I, just, we... I wanted to road hey, test it. Yeah, let's but... see if we can get that one nailed down. No more of those, Tim. Save, save them because they're very good. Save them for the live show. Ooh, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. And when is the live show? When is the live show? When is that again? When is that? Oh, let me just check the diary. Oh, look, it's on the weekend of the 24th, 25th of July. Yeah. Now, I need two more sevens players and three more tens players. So, sevens players. Well, I need two of you. (laughs) This is partly my fault because I'm now working on the Saturday and can't play. There are two of you out there. I know there are. You're listening to this now and you're thinking, I'd love to have Negronis with JB. Maybe you don't. Maybe you hate me. But you like Phil. (laughs) You like Phil. So... Join and you can have a Negroni with Phil. So that's what that's what we need to do. We have got some bloody good players now mm. in, uh, uh, in the sevens team. The tens team, we need another two there as well. Over 35s. Join us. It will be absolutely great. Uh, and again, same deal. Um, means I'm not going to have to play 1,000 minutes of rugby. <laughs> Are you going to play both sevens and tens? Y- y- I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. It's so hard. It's like herding peacocks. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done since the podcast started, actually. <laughs> and, then all... I'll prepare, and then I'll prepare some games and other shenanigans for the live show on Sunday morning, which is the day after the Lions' first test. Do so you have to do to your show about... after the first test? Yeah. So you can't even come and join us for... Be... No, that would make no sense, would it? You've got to drive or get a... Tra- oh, yeah. That's hard. I'll hop on a train. I'll hop on a train from I think Waterloo to Gillingham's quite quite an easy tri- quite an easy route. Yeah. Right. Are you going to be there in the evening at all? On yeah. the Saturday, yeah, Saturday night you'll get there, won't you? Oh, we'll be well in bed by then. <laughs> yeah, half eight. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay, well, that is that announcement done. Who watched the Lions play? Yes. Which, which I did. Well, which before one? we get on to that, let's talk about the, the. I think the biggest story is Marcus Smith, who, whilst he was playing for England, got the call up. Ah. So, the, so the question here is what is Warren Gatlin doing better? Preparing a side to take on the world champions in a test series or trolling Eddie Jones? Yeah. Undermine, two, isn't it? Undermining Eddie Jones or just. Um, pumping up the tyres of players that he might be coaching in two years' time. That Well, there is that as well. So, just on this, in case people aren't aware of what we're referring to, as I understand it, and as has been reported in the press, this was told to Eddie the day before Marcus Smith went to play that game for England, right? Yeah, so, so Gatland confirmed that he spoke to England the day before. So The, I, fri- the Friday night. So, I've got a question, and I don't know if it's a fair question or not. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But the Lions, there is a good chance Marcus Smith never goes on another Lions tour. Oh, look at Christian Wade. You know, that yep. was a chance of a lifetime, it turns out, for him because he left rugby and what he wasn't the international player that we originally thought he was, yada, 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 for various reasons. Now, what would have happened, or what would the situation have been if he had set foot on the paddock for England against Canada and just had a freak injury and never went again? I think they should have told him and let him make up his own mind if he wanted to play for England the next day. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. 
I think no. he, I think he definitely would have wanted to play still. Yeah, well, that, that, but that's fine. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. fine. I think he would have wanted to play as well. But just imagine if he was then told, by the way, as he comes off, you've missed your Lions tour as well because. Of well, this. I think they wouldn't. Well, I think they wouldn't have told him. I think it never would have got out. Oh, uh, maybe. Because you're right, that would be absolutely devastating to to think you had the opportunity. But I don't. I don't think that would ruin a relationship with a, with a coach or not. Because if your country calls on you, you answer the call of your country. Oh, so I don't disagree. There's, there's no way that a player should swerve playing for their country to just make sure they're fit to play for the Lions. I don't disagree with you, but. I hear I what you're it saying. It's an interesting question. Has to be the player's choice. Has yeah. to. It's a professional sport. It's not about you know horse on your sleeve or whatnot. It's a professional sport, and they talk about being honest to each other, don't they? All these clubs talk about being honest with you with your players. I don't think hiding the lion selection from him what? was particularly I, moral or, about, or good or professional. How about this? If a player, twenty four hours before they play for their country, particularly when it's a a, a new novel thing, mm-hmm. um, they're just making their way at that level. A player who 24 hours gets finds out that the next day they will fly uh, at, to go to join up with the Lions. A player who says, oh, I don't want to play for my country then, doesn't deserve to be the kind of guy that goes and plays for the Lions. What about a player that says he doesn't want to play for the Lions to play for his country? Because I know that's happened. Really? Yep, it's definitely happened. It what? is a rather famous second row who's still playing now, who's called up, who had the chance to go to the Lions, but he said, no, I'd rather play for my country rather than go to the Lions because I know I won't get any game time at the Lions I'll just be playing midweeks and I'd rather play for my country so is, is that a kind of guy who shouldn't go on the Lions or do, do, you, do you see that as any different well if he's getting a chance to play international in one whereas he would only be playing the midweek games which is effectively a domestic standard in the other but he doesn't know that does he that's the whole point of Lions well, like, well I'd, 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 I'd almost say yes I think you don't deserve to go because I think yeah. one of the one of the things which characterises every single member of Warren Gatland's squad at the moment they will all be backing themselves for a test shirt as they should yeah and that goes back to something that Mike Phillips said which was Lions don't wonder Lions know yeah. And if you're wondering whether you're good enough to play the test team, maybe, stay, stay maybe, home. May, yeah, maybe at that point you should be until your confidence is that is good enough to to back yourself. Yeah, I, I should have just referenced Mike Phillips the whole thing. <laughs> Listen to Mike. Listen to Mike. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Here's another question for you. Then, yeah, is this a bigger surprise? Smith being called up than Connor Murray being captain. No, I think Conor Murray's a bigger surprise. Because mm. Smith, Smith has shown he is the Form 10 in the Northern Hemisphere, arguably, based on his performances. Yeah. So that's not a huge surprise. It's a little bit surprising that Ford hasn't got the nod. So I understand he might be suffering with an Achilles hit, uh, injury. Ford? Which might be one of the reasons why... He's been rested. Yeah. He's outside of the bubble. Someone pointed out to me on Twitter yesterday, which is a bloody good point, actually. Yeah, albeit, unless they're going to fly... Um, Marcus Smith, um, private one, I, 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 a single plane for Marcus yeah, Smith. Yes, he's going to have to be outside of some bubble Does somewhere. Have, don't Harlequins have that in their contract? I know Jamara gets <laughs> helicopter rides. <laughs> long, long way for a helicopter ride. Yeah, so it, it, it's phenomenal. It's an it, absolutely phenomenal story. Uh, it's one of those feel-good things, and I think that the Lions need some sort of feel-good factor at the moment because I'm not getting particularly great vibes from this whole tour. I'm Really? No, <sighs> I'm trying. I am trying my hardest. I'm with you on that, Jay. And I love the Lions, but there's there's like the two compounding factors of 
the empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. I'd say three compounding factors. Empty stadiums, teams that aren't of the standard of previous Lions tours, like uh, Lions against New Zealand, they were struggling to win and, in fact, didn't win all of the midweek games, yeah. even when they were putting out a very strong team because of the standard of um, team in New Zealand. And then also the the kind of COVID farce of it all. So the you, you're playing the Bulls and then you're not playing the Bulls. You don't, you're going to um, Cape Town not knowing whether you're going to play Stormers or okay. South Africa A. The South Africa squad having games cancelled. Apparently 26 of their bubble have, have all tested positive with COVID, which, I mean, God knows how they're going to square everything off in the next two weeks before the first test. I just keep them in a hotel room. Lock them away. Just lock them away. That's the only thing that they. I mean, how you could play a test match after being after locked, being locked away. away for two weeks? Uh, Argentina did it, mind. Argentina did it incredibly well. Got their first win against the All Blacks, but uh, I mean, it's not normal preparation. No, it's really not. So I've got some. So, so yeah, that, that's my. Yeah. I'm with you, Jay. On the. Tell me why you're not getting that, Tim. Other than, of course, you've got well, a very successful I, I, I guess and good radio uh, show based on it. Uh, no, I guess, I guess it's. Uh, qualifying what, what you mean by bad vibes because yeah. i guess what what i will say is that um yes on that daily radio show that, that i do with talk sport also mm. available in in podcast form to fill the gaps in between egg chasers podcast exactly right uh, called lions daily um uh, we, we have our people out in south africa and i've been speaking to south african fans out in south africa and that there is absolute well there is predictably a, a, an effort by journalists to try and paint negative kind of stories around it all out there. But I'm, I'm telling you, everything I'm hearing is that there is such goodwill towards the whole tour in South Africa and nobody is questioning whether or not it should happen. People yeah. are just really, really hoping that it can. And what I think is the most remarkable thing about, about all of this is that given the challenges that they're facing... The Lions squad are in unbelievably good spirits and are getting mm. on really, really well. I that's think, what's yeah. that's what I'm finding most striking. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to point out because it's a very complex subject. I simultaneously have enormous respect for the way they're going about their business. I'll give you an example. Professional teams without numbers on the back of their backs. Or wingers wearing ten jersey. Yeah. I mean, this is unprecedented and there's been a lot of unprecedented things but this is unprecedented in the world of professional sports and i love it in a way because it is truly the amateur vibe of the lions people forget yes. this lions is an amateur tour it's got professional players in it but the whole ethos is amateur which is why you throw all these great players together and you hope that they can overcome some enormous odds that is why we do the tour now this fits into that quite nicely but my underlying concern the thing which is niggling away at me is I just wonder if this is damaging the Lions brand beyond repair. So if they didn't do this tour this year, one of the things which the Lions fear more than anything is the tour gets cancelled forever, or it looks like something else, because every part of world rugby that is not part of the Lions tour, whether it be the big three nations that they play against or the home nations, they're not really that bothered about the Lions. They don't get anything out of it. Uh, the clubs, I don't think, particularly like it. I mean, they might say they do, but I don't think they particularly do like it. And the time constraints on the global calendar mean that it's always going to be touch and go what they can get. And you can see the tour compacting all the time. So if they don't do it, they're at risk. The problem here is, if this tour fails, 
you may as well not have done it. And I do think it is getting to the point now where it is becoming a bit of a risk to the Lions. If they don't play these tests, I think the ramifications are going to be absolutely bloody enormous. So I'm not sure I 100% agree with that negativity from a, a world rugby perspective and a club's perspective. Mm. So from a world rugby perspective... The, not the organisation, I might add. The individuals. Yeah, the individual well, unions. I, I, I totally understand the um, constraint on the calendar, which is a negative thing. Um, but it is such a big, um, it's such a big thing. It's such a big exhibit for the game. Like I, I know, I know blokes who have been on Lions tours, who've travelled, British guys who've travelled to Lions tours, who don't watch club game. They'll occasionally yeah. tune in for a Six Nations game because it is that big. People will spend their pension money on this. Like, yeah, 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 it's like, a trip of a life. Tens of thousands of pounds to, to do it. So it is. It's an incredible advert for the game, and from a club side, like. If you get Lions selected, if you've got Lions um, in your game, that is a that's a big draw for fans. Like that is, there is no higher accolade. It's what mm. is being on a Lions tour, winning a World Cup are the, like the two highest accolades. If you're one of the home nations sides, so I think it's there is a lot of positivity um, from from those two perspectives. Albeit, I would get like France, for example, or Argentina or Japan. Though big unions, lots of money, yes. they get zero out Argen- of... Argentina. Yeah. USA. You know, uh, yeah, USA, that not as big, although maybe one day. Powerful, though. Yeah. So, uh, and you're right on that, because one of the things I think which is showing us how the game is developing is how the Lions would never be questioned, say, 10 years ago, because there'd be no one to question them. But there are unions out there now which are growing in power, which is a good thing, which can say, hang on a minute, you know, maybe you need to share this, share this wealth around. I think that's probably one of the reasons that the Lions decided to play against uh, Japan. Japan, and they played against Argentina previously. Yeah, and they played against uh, Sri Lanka, as we discussed previously. Oh, yes, of course they have. <laughs> of course, on their way as a stopover because they were travelling by boat from the UK to either Australia or New Zealand. That should be one of the stipulations. They can only travel by boat. <laughs> be a tough call up halfway through the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mar- <laughs> Mar- Marcus Smith, <laughs> yeah, yeah. put him on a boat. He might get there for the last test. Exactly. <laughs> um, you just mentioned growing the game because um, that, that is very important. Mm-hmm. Did you see the breaking story this week of the Rugby uh, Rugby Europe Super Cup? No, you've told me about this 10 minutes ago before we... No, 26 minutes and 40 seconds ago (laughs) you told me about this. And I'm fascinated by it. I've not heard anything about it before. Just fire away. So, Tim, have you heard about this? I've heard absolutely nothing. Ah, interesting. Give us the lowdown. So there was a press release uh, middle of last week by Rugby Europe. So Rugby Europe are obviously the organisation that organise the Tier 2 Six Nations or Rugby Europe European Championship. Um, and they have launched a Super Cup. Now, this is a domestic um, competition across Europe. So basically from with domestic teams from the best of the rest. And these are, think of them like uh, generally, not in every case, but think of them like uh, Haguares f- or Sunwolves for the Tier 2 European teams. So there is two conferences, eight teams. There's the Eastern Conference, which is Georgia, two Russian teams, uh, and and 
one of my this, this might become my second team or third team. <laughs> the Tel Aviv Heat. I was thinking the same thing about the Tel Aviv Heat. As soon as someone <laughs> told me about Tel Aviv Heat, Israel's somewhere I want to go. Yeah, I can see myself getting behind. Uh, that's the that's Tel Aviv. a new tax deductible um, <laughs> business trip. <laughs> exactly. Ah, Tel Aviv it is then. So that's the East, Eastern Conference. So the the Georgia, the Black Lion from Georgia, the, the Tel Aviv Heat from Israel, then NSI STM, who yeah. have obviously played previously. Um, and Locomotive Penza, and they were the top two who's Russian the, teams. Who's the other Russian team? Which? Oh. What about the Romanian sides? Are they part of it, like Timisora? So, disappointingly, there's no Romanian side in this. But they play in the real, the real ones, don't they, to be fair? They do sometimes get, yeah, the Timisora Saracens. Um, now, the other team, then there's the Western Conference, which is Belgian, Belgium, the Brussels Devils. Mm-hmm. Brussels Devils? Um, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, the Brussels Devils, does it? Not as much. No, should have called them the Sprouts. Netherlands, the Delta. Portugal, the Lusitanos. The Netherlands, Delta. And Spain, the... Who were the Lusitanos? Portuguese. Portuguese. Lusitanos on ace. And then Spain... The I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. The Castilla y Leon Iberians. Wow. Well, hang on a minute. So there's a couple of things. Like uh, Delta is an interesting one. Um, it's fine. The <laughs> what's the Los, Portuguese one? Lusitanos. I love that. Love that. Yeah, and I don't great. know. I don't even know what it means. What does it mean? Lusitano. It's a horse breed. Is it really? No, also known as the pure blood Lusitanos. Oh, love that Portuguese horse breed. Yes, in. Uh, oh, and look at look at this Lusitano here. This is a magnificent specimen. That that one there. Oh, look at that! that is a handsome, Running free, handsome horse. There you go. Uh, as for the Iberians, does that not include Portugal? I thought the Iberian Peninsula was actual uh, Portugal and Spain. I don't think that's that's legitimate at all. <laughs> Well, I guess it does, doesn't it? It, it covers both of them. But, um, yeah, the... What was, what was their name again? I've just gone off it. Uh, the Castilla y Leon Iberians. I, I mean, that, they need to rethink that name, I think. In terms, of, uh, in terms of just, you know, plotting holidays and mixing work and pleasure... <laughs> Thank I'd, God! I'd quite, like, <laughs> quite like an expansion to... Ibiza. Milan, maybe. Or an expansion to Athens, definitely. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I could go with those. Milan, Athens I can get on board with. Maybe um, not Milan. That's more of an industrial city in the north there. Yeah. But, um, uh, where, I mean, obviously... Uh, Dubrovnik, maybe? <laughs> nice. Dubrovnik would be great, uh, as would uh, Barcelona. Anything Barcelona, in Barcelona would yeah. be great. Anything in Madrid would be great. Yeah, where are the Spanish team based? Please be in Barcelona. Good question. Come on. Come they, on. Barcelona would make so much sense. It's going to be somewhere in the in the Basque region, region surely. Let's have a quick look. San Sebastian is, I'm not, I guess. And not that that's a bad place. It's just not Barcelona, is it? I'm not certain it's Go on, B.I.B. B.I.B. <laughs> uh, doesn't say... Uh, it's not a great start, is it, for the tournament? If we're So, trying... Castile and Leon is um, an autonomous county of... Uh, sorry, autonomous community of Spain, which is just north and west of Madrid. Okay, that's fine. I can live with that. I can live so, with that. Yeah, Madrid's all right with me. Yeah, yeah. It's not Madrid's just outside it, but um, yeah, it's not not too far away. A short, a short drive. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Val- Val- 
Valladolid. Yep, they've got they've got a football team. Zamora, and Leon is is a town up in that part of the world. Well, not, not too far from Bilbao. Excellent. Well, I can tell you this for nothing. I won't be going to any of the Russian home games. <laughs> it's unlikely I'm going to Georgia, but Tel Aviv Heat, Portugal, Spain, Sorry. maybe even maybe even Belgium. Yeah, I'm not wild on the idea of Belgium, but maybe Belgium and Holland. Uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Wonderful news. Yeah. Uh, now, just on the logic of this, where did they get the idea? Because did they look at the Sunwolves and the unbelievable success that they had playing in Super Rugby <laughs> and thought, we want some of that? This cannot fail, can it? I think I, they might have ignored the Sunwolves. Uh, so they might have ignored 50% of the data that's available to them <laughs> and selected only data from the Jaguares, which, as we've said before... Part of the reason why the, why, uh, the Pumas were able to beat New Zealand was the fact that they've all played against them multiple times and you've got a squad who played together for multiple years, in fact, um, prior to that point. And anything that makes, certainly Georgia, but any of those teams, it, I mean, Spain and Portugal could be great rugby nations. Oh, couldn't they just? Couldn't yeah. they just? Oh, that is that is great news. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And so, um, matches kick off middle of September this year. So there's six rounds of actions in those two conferences, um, and it goes through to uh, middle of December this Who year. Who is the psychopath that thought of doing this in the middle of a pandemic? How are they going to do? <laughs> Who is funding it? Fair play. I it, feel obliged to uh, lend them support oh, through the podcast they, and it, it, physically as well. In person, yeah. and it's and it's it's a business trip as it, well. It's, it's a work trip. So, it's our you know. duty. It's our duty. It reminds me. Do you know when the pandemic first kicked off and everyone was absolutely terrified? You know, for people and things to progress, you need usually men, to be fair, of extreme vision and will to force through thing force things through. So the first, I'm pretty sure the first major sport to come back online was UFC. Because Dana White's like, no, 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 I've got to make money. Yeah. I have to make money, come what may. We are going to buy an island and we're going to have men beat each other up on the island. It's not stopping. So whoever is whoever is responsible for this, bravo, well done. I, well com- I commend well your vision and, and your drive. Well, the, the person in charge of this, indeed the president of Rugby Europe, the entity, uh, is a chap whose first name suggests he might like to take control of things. Vladimir. He- uh, he's called Octavian. O- <laughs> Octavian Marariu. Well, oh, hang on. He's Ma- got... Marariu. Yeah, Marariu. He's got to be. Marariu. He's got to be Romanian. <laughs> well, there's no Romanian team in he there. He has to be Romanian. Look him up. It, let's have a look. Octavian Marariu. Romanian. Told you. For, former rugby union player and coach, currently the president of rugby Europe. So that's interesting that there's no Romanian teams in there, probably, which might be this year, yeah. it might be the future. Probably best. Probably best for the uh, <laughs> for the validity of the competition that there is not a Romanian team in there. <laughs> not quite yet. Yeah. Oh, so uh, Octavian, he previously coached um, Paris Saint-Germain rugby team, the rugby league team. So he's a rugby union number eight, uh, played in the eighties and nineties, um, played for Romania and coached PSG rugby league when they were a thing. Wow! So at this point, this is you normally, if we were discussing this in my kitchen before the podcast, what we're going to do? Tim would interrupt and say, "No, our our audience are not interested in in, in this." <laughs> he might have a point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fair enough. We've probably exhausted the content for that. He might have a point. Did you watch the Sharks play the Lions? Which one? 
the second. Well, of course, because <laughs> we haven't spoken about either of them. So why don't we talk about? Uh... Let's talk about both of them in the round. Let's talk about the second one. Uh, and we reference the first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Can I can I just say I I really really like Werner Koch. He's a wicked player, and yeah. um, and I especially like it because it just means you just have a little giggle when the commentator. <laughs> But when when Werner Koch scored that try in the left hand corner from the inter- uh, interception, one of the many interceptions, yes, I think it was. Uh, Koch is in. Hey! <laughs> just, uh, there's, there's lots and lots of that, which uh, yeah, just an extra layer of enjoyment. So he was World Sevens Player of the Year, which is quite a cool accolade. Which is a very cool accolade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now I was not sure which of the Sharks teams was meant to be the, the superior one. Because I, as I, as I understood it, the first one was about as good as they could get on the field without all their Springboks, because they are the best represented team in South Africa by the Springboks. Okay, yeah. The second team that they put out was younger, arguably had a little bit more success. Yeah, they definitely had a bit more success and, and put in some better performances. And actually, weirdly... Because as I understand it, the second team was a team that's not played an enormous amount together. Um, they look slightly more cohesive in defence, certainly yes. than the first team, which admittedly wasn't particularly hard. Mm. Well, the fitness told in the end, but certainly the, did. I think the big takeaway from the second game was the errors that the Lions were making. And in a week when Finn Russell has been injured, so and it was already, to be fair, after the first Sharks game, looking a bit more like, OK, well, this is... This is bigger and Farrell for the ten jersey. Yeah, I think advantage. I think advantage Farrell. It's hard to say. I mean, it's so hard to say. I think Farrell played really well, but I don't think either of these Sharks teams really tested them. There's a metric which we used a few weeks ago, or last week, or week before. I can't remember. Two weeks ago. Fine. Um, <laughs> at some point. Yeah, at some point, we said you can't make mistakes. That is the thing you can't do on a Lions tour because everyone's really good. You know, I, I think. The performance of Josh Adams and uh, Duan van der Merwe have shown you've got you know you can score tries, you can do really good things quite easily. Uh, the Anthony Watson try was absolutely incredible. You can do um, really good things. Yeah, and the who did he set up? Uh, was it Tom Curry? He yeah. set up for the try. Yeah. So you know the eye catching things are not going to be a problem. Making mistakes will be a problem. So the first Lions performance. I think was much better than second Lions' performance. Yes, I I definitely agree with that overall. Even though the second one ended up being a a higher scoring game, that was as much because of the Sharks, the younger players, didn't have the fitness um, that the first ones did. And do you think they're... I don't want to sound like I'm panning the Lions too much. I don't mean to say this. But... I wonder if the whole tour is catching up with the Lions. They seem to look a lot sloppier on... Saturday than they were on Wednesday and the time before that and then the time before that and then the Japan game. And I wonder if it's when you first played Japan, you were on your game, you're on your metal, it's time to go. And just the way the tour is going, it feels like they're a little bit fatigued, not physically, but certainly mentally. Well, I think there's a bit of both because there will be the physical side of like a 15, 16 hour flight. For some guys, like the Exeter boys, they did, they did a cross-continental flight 24 hours after playing in after losing in a final so that Mm. that will be physically draining as well as mentally draining but there's also the the just upheaval like the team that played on wednesday was not the team that first got announced to play on wednesday because of all the the um the test well 
the, I don't actually know the, the number. I think it was a very few positive tests, but then all of the close um, contacts for the positive test or tests had to isolate for a period of time. So just that total upheaval, it's not surprising um, that there is some, some well, b- both mental and physical fatigue coming and I've got a theory there. Go on. Go on. So it was very loose, that Lions performance, wasn't it? Really, like, uh, oddly loose. Yes. Yeah. And referencing what Phil's just talked about, and also just because I, I listened to all, all the press conference stuff through mm. the week, and Warren Gatland, I thought he said something particularly interesting, which was he, he basically was asked about, is he concerned that the level of opposition isn't going to prepare them for a Lions test? Uh, sorry, a test series against South Africa. Mm. He said, no, I'm not, over, I'm not overly concerned. Yeah, the opposition maybe isn't as strong as would be ideal, but that just means that the real preparation for South Africa will come in training. Mm. So with, with everything, the backdrop to everything, all the names being changed, when I looked at the how Lions played on Wednesday, I wonder if they were just told, look, do you know what? Just go and have, just go and have the ball in play as much as possible. Let's treat this like a real hardcore, real life fitness session. Mm. Don't worry. Don't worry too much about all the things we've been working on. We'll keep that going in training. Yeah. You don't want to show, show your cards too early. I mean, Possibly that would... that's what's going on. Cause it was odd. Yeah. That they were running from their own 22. They were wanging passes, missed threes. Part of me did think when I was watching that because you think of the Lions through the prism of Warren Gatland and you don't really think of Warren Gatland as a guy who enjoys his mysteries, do you? No, not at all, unless there is a greater purpose. Because yeah. they certainly won't be doing mysteries in the real test matches, well, I wouldn't have thought. You say that, but Warren Gatland is only picking the coaches who coach the team. Because Gregor Townsend, Gregor Townsend yeah. maybe he likes mysteries more than Warren Gatland. It, historically, it seems to be the case that he does. Yeah, you know, he relies on Finn Russell quite a lot, and he certainly enjoys things like mysteries. Yeah. So, you know, part of me is like, yeah, okay, I can definitely see what uh, Tim's point of view there. But then I thought, what if this is actually what they're thinking of doing? Which is a bold strategy. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it but maybe, maybe they don't necessarily want to get into an arm wrestle maybe they want to keep it fast and loose and keep that, that never that bigger, works that, that never ever works no I, I don't think it would it's not how i would want to play it no. but maybe it is maybe they want to keep keep moving that that enormous south african pack and like we, we highlighted the other week if for example if and i don't think they will but if um Courtney Laws and Marrow were playing in the second row. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Etzebeth and Lude, for example, they, they have two stone on the two. Each one of those is two stone heavier than Laws and um, Marrow. So, like, you want to be moving. You've got to be moving guys like that around if the, if that's how you're playing. I, I'm not even sure you move those guys around effectively. As in, I do not think that they have the weakness of fitness. Yeah. No, no. It's not like okay, we we'll move around the big guys and you know wear them down. I'm not sure that works. Mal, Mal Herb, yes, <laughs> yeah. definitely the tight head. Um, besides that, not so less much. so. Yeah, less particularly so. if they've got someone like Mustard. Mustard can run and run yeah. and run and run and run. Yeah, yeah, and they've, they have got the the fit guys in there as well, like like Khaleesi, like Peter Stefter Toy. Oh, did, did Peter Stefter Toy is unbelievable. Have either of you seen? There's a world rugby little documentary um, it's only 10-15 minutes long with um, Peter Steftatoy and Elmer Smith talking about 
um, Peter Stefter Toys repeat knee injuries. No. It's an incredible bit of um, television video. Um, go and watch. It's on YouTube. Just, okay. just Google World Rugby and Peter Stefter Toy. Who's he talking to? Uh, Elmer Schmidt. Um, South, South African, African woman female. does a lot of the World Rugby. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Very, very good. Uh, does a lot of the World Rugby presenting, as Tim just said. Um, but talking about, so we had he had a ACL um, tear, had it re- recovered, repaired, and exactly one year to the day did the same knee, mm. same injury. And they couldn't, re- they, they, well, the repair would have been tricky. So basically that night, they made the decision that night that him and his father both went to hospital, I think in Cape Town. Oh, God. And his father, uh, hamstring tendon, was removed from his father and put into <gasps> Peter Stefter Toy's wow. knee. Um, and that's the knee he's now playing on. To be fair, I would give Peter Steph the toy my team because it's the closest I'm coming to playing international rugby. In fact, I could I'd legitimately be playing international rugby. Part of me is playing international rugby. <laughs> Take it! It's, that is awesome. It, absolutely awesome little documentary. Really, really. And it's got it's got the shots of Peter Steph the toy. So his grandfather wow. was a springbok. It's got shots of him on the farm uh, with the vineyards that he grew up on. Um, it's really, really awesome. Only, only 10, 15 minute documentary. What a, love that. What a life. Yeah. Oh. And he's some player. Oh, he's, he's old, his old man must be fairly handy. When I he's hamstring to hold up like that. So I've asked a, a couple of lads at Sale, you know, who would you like to sa- sign? So oh. uh, in the past, I asked that of Faf on an old rugby dungeon interview from about four or five years ago when he first showed up. And he said, Janzi van Rens- Rensburg. And guess who showed up? Rowan. Rowan. Brilliant. Uh, Peter Steph the toy, they just love him. They just love him because he works so hard. Yeah, and he can do everything. Yeah, He can do the heavy carrying, he can do the turnovers, the big hits, he can jump in the line out, he's mobile, he can do absolutely everything. I genuinely think on his day, he is one of the top five players on the planet. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would comfortably, awesome. comfortably agree with that. He's so good. Uh, right, so the, the Sharks not really putting up the performance that we wanted. Now, there was another angle angle on this, and this was mentioned, I think, in the Australian tour, whether it be the last one, but certainly one before that, which is don't give the Lions good opposition to prepare against. <laughs> uh, there might be something to that. Maybe. So they don't take it as seriously. They don't get the practice. They don't sharpen up. Yeah, It's a level playing field there, isn't it, anyway? I mean, the, the, the South Africa are going to be less prepared than the Lions. Yes, although they've got the body of um, body of work as a group so, in yeah. years gone by. I remember yeah. a story, and I saw it on a BBC documentary, maybe a decade, maybe two decades ago. It was about the England football team, which is pertinent mm. because of tonight, preparing for a World Cup. And the coach's theory was the best way to prepare is by facing weak opposition and battering them. <laughs> And I'm sure they played someone like Hartlepool or someone and beat them like... <laughs> 15 nil. Yeah, yeah, it's like 9 nil. <laughs> I don't think that's Warren Gatlin's plan, by the way. Just thought I'd bring it up. No, I mean, it's an interesting strategy. I'm not sure. And I, I was actually kind of reminded of that when I was watching uh, Ellis Genge and Joe Thokonasinga run over the Canadian yeah. players, <sighs> thinking, like, who's getting anything out of this? The Canadians aren't. No. I'm not sure Genge and Thokonasinga are... are honing their skills for when they other face other than their 15 or 20 grand yeah yeah whatever it is yeah and the pride the pride of a cap obviously yeah but it's just like thocking a singer running over pete uh pete nelson for, former ulsterman peter nelson mm. um from 10 yards out 
that's not going to prepare him for facing off against uh, Rico Yuani or Julian Surveyor or um, Mapimpi or no, it's it, not. Like, is it? It, it's just not. Or Duan van der Merwe. That's not preparation for or Stockers. Like that's not preparation for real life. This whole game just made me sad. So I looked at the fixtures of the weekend. And I'm not going to lie, um, linked to what I said before about the tour not really grabbing my attention. Look at the fixtures, I thought, do you know what? These are just not really worth watching. After Wales, Argentina, there's not really anything there for me. Um, put in on the England game, and they took the knee. And I thought, do you know what? I've got better things to do than watch this. Turned it off, <laughs> and then just thought, if, it, if anything happens in this game, I'll look at the scoreline, and I'll go back and watch it. And it developed exactly as I thought it would. So... I've seen who who scored tries. I am delighted for the guys who got their debut. I'm yep. delighted for Radwan. Delighted for um, oh, Radwan looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's so fast. He is you know, Johnny Maymark too, effectively. Yeah, uh, maybe it, maybe maybe faster. faster. Yeah. yeah, he is lightning, Del- and it's his his acceleration as well. Like he goes from naught to sixty like that. Yeah, like probably. He's, May's top end speed is unbelievable. He's got that rangy running style, but Radwan is so fast to get there. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. Don, Don Brandt obviously got his first cap, which is great. Yeah, uh, there's another one as well. Uh, one of the Newcastle lads in the front row, Blamir, Blamir, yeah, who's got a cap last week, scored last week, scored two this week. First, first hat trick, I understand. Is it hat trick? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is all very good, of course, but it's not the same as having a debut because you're absolutely required by the England team to face off against the Welsh in a you know, ground standard yeah. cider. Some and of these guys will be uh, on you know quiz questions in a one-cap wonder. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for, from that point of view, I'm just glad that they've got their caps. I hope that they sincerely enjoy it. Uh, but it's just not the same, is it? It's just not, not, not a worthy endeavour in a lot of ways. Yeah. But there, there are positives, like as you've just said, and also to get—I don't actually know how many people were in Twickenham, fifteen thousand, maybe something like that, yeah. twenty thousand. But just to get sport in front of live fans, people down watching it, all of that is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not—it's not—it's not got the international feel because most, under normal circumstances, most England international games are either Six Nations, which yep. is brutal, yeah, genuine World Cup, uh, world class standard. Or it's the autumn internationals or summer tours where they generally travel to Argentina, um, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, or play them. Yeah. Um, so generally, every England game is enormous, uh, and this is just not of the same standard. Give me the headlines on Wales Argentina because that was obviously a draw. It was a good it. game. It was a really good game. Uh, two red, well, one red card. I think it should have been two. I can't understand how. Uh, Matt Carley came to these decisions. So, one is the Argentine fullback hoisting up the ball. I think it was on Owen Lane. And it was a, a tackle where the Argentine did not go down, uh, did not drop his height low enough. And his head collided. It looked like his head collided with Owen Lane's. At minimum, Owen Lane's shoulder collided with the Argentine fullback's head. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. It was reckless. Once it goes to review, there's enough ambiguity in there to say, mm, looks like head contact, either one way or the other. He's struggling not to get a red card. Really struggling not, not to get a red card. Carly issues him the red card. Okay. Second one. Um, Matera is carrying the ball. Somebody picks him up and he lands on his head, shoulder area. Head, shoulder, neck area. Uh, yeah, area. Neck, shoulder area. area. 
Right? And to me, this is a... So I think the first one is a concussion risk because of the quick closing speed and then the impact, like the sudden impact. Well, the Matera one isn't that. It is more of a... You can see this being a neck injury rather than a concussion injury. Yeah. But to me, that is a red card through and through. One of them's out of control. The other one, arguably, is in control and driving this guy's head, neck area, um, into the turf. I'm thinking there's no way, once that goes to review, that that is anything less than a yellow, possibly even a red. Just gave us a penalty. And the reason being is he was already quite close to the floor. Don't get that one bit. Don't understand it. Uh, to me, wow. it looks like it should, could have been two red cards. Um, you know, consistency is king. And he didn't have consistency. And I don't like mm. that bit very much. I've not actually seen the instance, but I saw some a few complaints about the yeah inconsistency, yeah. Um, certainly with other decisions. I'll say this. Wales looked very fluid to start with. Really, really fluid. I thought Josh Turnbull was quite effective round breakdowns. Good mm. to see him get another cap at age, I think, 33 or whatever he is. Um, it was a reasonable performance by both teams. Wales, in a lot of ways, got off lightly because there's a red card uh, and Argentina were pretty good. Uh, it was the only worthwhile rugby, I think, of the weekend. Mm. A draw in the Batistuta Bowl. Quite. Yes. Exactly right, Tim. Yeah, the Patagonia Plate. <laughs> the Patagonia Plate, Yes. Uh, yeah, good, uh, pretty good game actually. If you're going to watch a game this weekend and they're all on record, I'd say probably go and watch go and watch that that one. And our, so Australia, oh, Australia, France. That's the one to oh, watch from the week from Wednesday. Yes. Uh, sorry, just one last one on the Wales game. Thomas Williams has got some disgusting feet. <laughs> like just the way uh, you know, not in the way that the guy, some of the guys who watch our YouTube appreciate. <laughs> but he, he's not, he's not suggesting that he no. gets out to the nearest. Cardiff chiropodist. No, 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 no. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. He is. He is some player. He, he, uh, he really is. Uh, now we can move on to the well, the France most one. French thing ever. But before before we get on to the actual rugby, that the greatest thing about this, those kits are just outstanding. I love that Australia have gone gold. France's kit with the royal blue. That's obviously beautiful anyway, but it just yeah. looked right on the, on the telly. It just looked right. Mm. It's so it looked it's, timeless. Yeah, it's so classic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this game feels like it, it happened in 2016. It, it, everything, so much stuff has gone on since since then. <laughs> uh, it looks it's it's good that. Australia are still capable of winning, winning, winning uh, uh, rugby matches. Slash, slash. It's good that France are still capable of completely self-destructing. Oh, I mean that is obviously what we really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, they've they've been too successful to lose, too successful this year. So it's good just to see the good old French uh, implosion. Yes, quite. Um, Australia are very close to being the tier one version of Canada. <laughs> that's what I think like a, a declining force and we really need to make sure that that isn't, isn't the case now with them it's a bit different because they pretty much run their own ship they, they should have enough resource to make sure that this, that this doesn't happen but they've, they've, like Canada they've got the competition of other sports and there's some pretty big competition in Australia with yeah. the NRL, AFL, cricket the rise of soccer it is a worry for Australia yeah. Now, the guy who stood up for me for Australia this game was... I don't know why I think his name's Jordan. Does he have a brother? But Hunter Payasami, or whatever his name is? There, um, I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there is one, one called Jordan. I'm, I'm sure he's, I saw his name. I thought, hang on, isn't his first name meant, uh, uh, meant, 
meant to be Jordan. Is that Jordan Pataya or something? Yeah, there's, I think there's there is Pataya. Yeah. So that, but uh, so that so that that threw me. Very power, powerful player. Um, dropped some horrendous balls. One in one in particular, but I do like him. Him and Corabetti seem like they are just very very talented abrasive runners. I love Corabetti. I do as well. He's he's so exciting. He's so fast. He's so strong as well. Yeah. So explosive. Uh, this is it's disappointing what France did. It's disappointing that they lost the game. It's very French. I would just say this: it, in my mind, this is not a first-choice French team. There are a lot of lads, a lot of lads Lo- miss, miss, missing yeah. here. It looks to me as if the French are trying to build depth rather than anything else. Yeah. So a lot of the well, was it all of the Toulouse and La Rochelle players weren't playing? Yeah. Because presumably, now I, I didn't watch this live. I've seen some of the highlights, but. It's probably got mentioned in comms, but were the um, presumably the French players would have had to go through the mandatory fourteen day quarantine period in Australia. Great points. Which would mean they're pr- that they're pretty um, dogmatic on such things in Australia. They're, they're, yeah. they're almost as bonkers as Canada is. Well, to the point where um, Mark Evans, when you interviewed him. He couldn't get back in the country. He he had to leave his job yeah. as uh, CEO of Western Force and and Rapid Rugby and Rapid Rugby because he literally could not get back in the country. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Forrest can't get can't get you back into Australia. Unbelievable. Rugby. Yeah, unbelievable. So, yeah. So, so presumably, some, some proud rugby playing nations are going insane. Yeah, but presumably because the top fourteen final was less than two weeks before this, so presumably no La Rochelle and Toulouse players were able to play in this. Hence, why you've got. Uh, Baptiste Couillard and Louis Carbonel as your starting halfbacks. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. That's the giveaway. That's the giveaway that it's not the first choice French team. And and they're two talented players. Carbonel is class, but it's not Dupont and Entomac. No, it's not, is it? It's not. Uh, yeah, good game. Looking forward to the second storm of this on Wednesday morning. So this was. Uh, so France were eight points up with eight minutes on the clock. Mm hmm. And they lost by two points. And that is correct, yeah. Beautiful. Wonderful, isn't it? So French. Wonderful stuff. <laughs> so, And don't forget, there was a Fiji game, Fiji New Zealand. I've not seen a second of that. Apparently Fiji played quite well at, at <coughs> times. That's what, well, I, was, that's what I, I'd say. Yeah, I've, I've followed the scoring on that. And it was... Uh, so New Zealand scored 26 points in the last 15 minutes. So the, the scoreline looked pretty one-sided. But actually, for most of the game... It was very, very close. There was one score in it until the last twenty minutes. Yeah, and it's a, it was a full Fiji team, by the way. Like all of the guys you'd expect to see from the Premiership were there, with the exception of Radrandra, who's playing sevens. Of course, going to play he is. Olympic sevens. Uh, the only other guy that was missing was Tuisova. Um, oh, where was he? Don't know. Don't know about Tuisova, and obviously uh, Vakatawa, because obviously Vakatawa. I'm not entirely sure what his fitness situation is after being well his uh, transfer from or signing from Glasgow to Ulster was canned a couple of months ago wasn't it no, not not Vakatawa. I was going to say the Leo, French Nak- I was going to say Leone Nik- Nakarawa I was Apo- waiting for apologies. you to say like he's gone to Fiji 17 <laughs> or something then. sorry Leone Nakarawa yeah. wasn't in there was he not there's like, one key order of oh sorry think I, so. I, I think he is I think, was he I think he played second row yeah I'd have, to check the, I'd have to check the team list. There's, there's one key order of business we yeah, need no, to address no, no. Yeah, before was. we're done on this podcast. Yes, please. 
we, one key order of business we have to address on this podcast is the destination of Will Green, the Will Greenwood Harlequins jersey. Oh yes, <laughs> very good point. Well, now because this this uh, we do a a monthly shirt giveaway among various other things for our patrons uh, and you can support the podcast patreon.com slash egg chasers and thank you so much to the people that do and bob sogden won this extremely vintage extremely special will greenwood match worn jersey from the season they won a trophy harlequins right because um, there's, there's pictures of keith wood stood up with a trophy on this might have been a cup perhaps anyway I think whatever it is it's from back in the from back in the nineties, and uh, a, a bona fide Will Greenwood Harlequins jersey, um, uh, and it's class. And Bill so- uh, Bob Sogden, who won it, said, "Do you know what? I'm really pleased to have won, but I think this should go to a, a someone who really appreciated it." And so we asked for your pictures, and so many came in on email. Yeah, I, it's to the point. And there's so many really really nice stories and really good causes. I'm actually a little bit. Um regretful i put this out there because only one person can win it only one person can win it so thank yeah. you to everyone that's sent something in um sadly we don't yeah, have just so, i mean there's there so many different ones like, uh, jerseys andy turner was one example of someone who um he was the quins fan that did the quiz on the very first live show in bucharest excellent oh wow uh, andy turner um emailed in and i i assume it's the girlfriend he was with on that trip and we said she came on a tier two tour with you uh, for a weekend in romania she's a keeper uh, and i believe <laughs> um they've got uh, they've got engaged no, so congratulations um, uh, 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 so he thought that would be an engagement gift but uh, he said no worries if it goes to someone else but um it, it, that was a great email to get joe barton was it was an example of a, a brilliant one he's dad is Quinn's mad and over in New Zealand and he thought it would make a great Father's Day present. A really lovely email. Thank you, Joe. Um, there was Sam who said, uh, I-, I liked this one, just, he said, uh, gents, I, st- I sell Will Green with the mind-altering drugs he takes prior to his Sky <laughs> commentary appearances. <laughs> he says he's a massive Quinn's fan, blah, 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 blah. No selfless gesture, unfortunately. It should 100% go someone if it can go to a good cause. However, would love to have it if everyone else who asked for is as selfish as me. If I'd so, have known that, if I'd have known he deals the, the mind-altering drugs, I would have traded him. And I, <laughs> all the good causes can go to hell. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a great one here from Louis Johnson, who is the captain at Sedbert Rugby uh, Oh, Sedbert yeah, I read school. this one. The, fir- the first 15 captain at Sedbert School, listener of the podcast, and points out that Will Greenwood went to Sedbert, and what an inspirational um, tale it would be to other Sedbert aspiring rugby players. Can I, can I say, I think I think the lads at Sedbert have enough inspiration as it is. I think well, they do just fine <laughs> for inspiration. That, that's a fair shout, but he, he just pointed out, and I didn't realise this, but Will Greenwood at school struggled to get into the Sedbert first 15, Did and then really? went on to become a British and Irish line, yeah. I, to be honest, um, though, I've played with Sedbert lads, um, and the quality of lad that you play with and you ask, oh, yeah, do you, well, do you play separate first team? No, no, thirds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, mate. It is ridiculous. Yeah. So what I was going to say to Louis Johnson is that that's an example of you sent us an absolutely brilliant pitch and a great email. Uh, I think you should contact Will Greenwood himself because I, I reckon he must have another shirt knocking around that could do the same job for or you. Or Will Greenwood's dad. That's where I got mine from. Yes. Yeah. Mm. There's, there's some other... There was... Yeah. So many brilliant emails. Go on, Phil. Some other amazing ones. Mark Higgins, who recommends his mate Alex Hawkins, who uh, his mate Alex Hawkins had a ticket for the Ashton Gate semi-final, 
oh, no. turned it down so he could actually play rugby because his local Good local team lad. was short of a front row. Hey, can any chance you can play tens? <laughs> Alex Hawkins, <laughs> Alex give me Hawkins. a shout. Give me a shout, Alex Hawkins. <laughs> Which is amazing. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome ones. So where is it going, Tim? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Got an email that says, Hello, just listening to the pod and heard you mention the shirt and I thought I'd try and follow up my, uh, with my pitch. JB mentioned the good reason uh, would uh, that's a good reason. Sorry, JB mentioned that it would be a good reason if you were gifting the shirt, and that's what I hope to do. I didn't want to mention this plan before in case she read my email on the podcast and the intended recipient of this shirt was listening. This would have spoiled the surprise. Hang on, are we going to spoil? The... No, because the surprise is getting a shirt, right? We... Hang on. Just... Uh, yeah, I don't care. The surprise could be listening to this. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Where's Frankly. more hearing from us than him? Surely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Basic, uh, in July, it's my dad's 70th birthday, and this would make the absolute best present. He supported Harlequins forever and was the one that first took me to the stoop in 1998 when I was age three. He worked on making me into a fan, and once he got me hooked and I was old enough to be able to beg my mum, we got season tickets and held them for 12 years wow. until he finally retired abroad. I'm hoping to get to see him this summer after a whole pandemic apart, and I hope that you can help Mark that milestone with the ultimate birthday present. Uh, and this is quite apt, bearing in mind the conversation we were having, because uh, I gather he's in Australia by the look of the photos that have been attached, which means it's extremely hard to... Uh, it's got to quarantine uh, the shirt for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for extra credit, I've attached some pictures. One of them is my dad's favourite picture of us both, and it was uh, said very, very young david at the stoop being taken by his dad years and years ago um to show his obsession with quins i've also added in a picture of him at uluru uh yes he's at the you know um the rock thing spirit spiritual rock thing in australia in a quins jersey mm-hmm. no surprises the only rock that and does another... not mind and wait for, <laughs> and wait for this to prove what a quins mad fan he is and also a picture of him in his custom-made Quinn's prosthetic leg. That's incredible. That is, that is genuinely... That... It's, <laughs> me and JB are looking at the picture at the moment. It is remarkable. That man deserves that will be. He deserves it more than me. That, that is for sure. Definitely. Definitely. That that leg is something else. It is remarkable. A piece of art, really. Yeah. I mean, I've got my prosthetic shark fin, but that doesn't really... <laughs> that doesn't really you know, compare. <laughs> 
So happy 70th birthday. And uh, David, Paul, congratulations on winning that shirt for your dad. Yeah, uh, it, it's a massive shirt. I, I hope his dad's a big man. Because this <laughs> is a massive shirt. It's enormous. I'm, it's the biggest item of clothing that I own. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations, so we guys. Will, we, we, we will be in touch. But thank, yeah, thanks yes. so much no, for no, all no, the no, emails. No, no. And, and... We won't be in touch. You'll be in touch with your uh, with your address for, for us to send it to. Correct. Dave, yes. yeah, David Poole, respond to your last email and we will post it ASAP. Superb. Good man. Uh, right. There's multiple ways that we can go here. Shall we talk about next week's games? Yes. Actually, let's round up some, some transfer news first because Harlequins have made two transfers or two signings, I should say. Yes, there's been a little bit of business in the last week, hasn't there? Yeah, so Hugh Jones has signed, yeah. which is a very Harlequin sign, signing, that he'll add a little bit more dynamism to a very dynamic team. Yeah. That is, that's like uh, Tina Esprit signing for uh, <laughs> Newcastle, I, I, I guess. I think, I think that's if they can get the form out of him that he had two or three years ago, when he was, he, well, he was being touted as a Lions um player two or three years ago if you can get him playing like that that's an amazing signing isn't it well he was on the verge of signing for Leicester Tigers two or three years ago mm. literally you know days, days. away out minutes away yeah. uh, but decided to stay at Glasgow so anyway we finally get to see him in the premiership that's ace there ah. was, well there's another one because yeah. Quinn's also signed Jack Walker from Bath oh you're the, right the hooker former England under 20s captain I who, like him yeah who's I, I mean, he's still only 25, so he's still a young man, particularly in front row terms, but he has got a lot of talent, and I don't think we've seen the best out of him yet. Now, this in, boy is from Leeds ba- originally, isn't he? Or Yorkshire, Yorkshire Carnegie. Carnegie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard good things. I've not seen too much of him play. What do you like about him, Tim? Uh, he was in that England side uh, that won the World Under-20s Cup with, uh, with that team with Harry Malinder and... Stockers was playing for Ireland and Andrew Porter was playing for Ireland. That class of yeah. guys, uh, right, okay. and he he stood out in that England pack. Oh, he, awesome. he really did stand out. He looked he looked very good. And I, I agree with Phil. He hasn't had a run of games. He hasn't started many games because he's had a lot of competition around him at Bath. And I think, given a chance, I think he could be a serious player. Mm. Yeah, very I... very mobile, very athletic. He's got Tommy Taylor vibes for me in the mm. start of the play. That is high praise indeed from Tim. Yeah, massively high praise. <laughs> Absolutely, you're right. Um, the last one is Christian Scotland Williamson signed. Yeah, so this is interesting. So Scotland Williamson, obviously Worcester, then NFL. Yep. And now you'll know more than me. Was he practice squad NFL? Did he ever make a no practice squad all the way through? But yep. using an international slot. Okay. Now, yeah, he had he had an extra slot in the practice squad. So it, realistically, if if he was if he had to be on merit, he wouldn't have been one of the twelve on the practice squad. But that's fine. It, to, to just get suited up and to play in pre-season games for the Pittsburgh Steelers well, is unbelievable. Well, he's been there for three or four years now. Yeah. So they must want him to keep, to keep keep him about for whatever reason. Regardless, I, I'm going to be very interested to see how training for American football for all those... I mean, he must be in phenomenal condition, well, for American football. Yeah, for, for 10 seconds at a time. Yeah, he's going to look great in a T-shirt. I have yes. no doubt about it. He's going to look phenomenal. How he's going to adjust back to rugby? I was thinking about this. Like, do your hands get better? Your passing doesn't, but do your hands get better? Your reaction, hand-eye coordination. Yeah, yeah. Just drilling balls into your hand when you've got to turn around and catch the thing over your shoulder. I mean, there might be some real benefit to that. The passing, well, you know, it is what it is. I think um, he'd already done his ten thousand hours 
beforehand. Yeah. So I think the transition back, it'll be like muscle memory. I'd There'll be, be amazed if there's a single second where it's done 10,000 hours of passing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess the but, rucking and that kind of stuff is he's going to have to rediscover. Alex Gray seems to have transitioned back all right. He didn't look out of place when he came on for Bath. No, now Alex Gray plays on the wing, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he, he was used... back. He was back row before he left. Well, he was as I as I remember him because he was like the next big thing. But I'm talking yeah. like eight nine years ago when he was seventeen eighteen. Was he Irish through. originally? No, uh, I th- I think he was. I think Irish. He might have been, was he Irish originally? I thought yeah. he was. Yeah, London Irish. Yeah, Irish. I thought he was at Newcastle or, or Carnegie at some point as well. Oh, that rings a bell. That does ring a bell. That they say it. But he he was. I always thought of him as um, a. Uh, the the new Richie Vernon, as in he was back row <laughs> yeah. slash centre. Yeah, uh, very very athletic. Couldn't really find a position. Almost too athletic for his own good. Just like PSP. Exactly. Um, so can you still hear me? Can you still hear me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We can. I, I may be about to get signed out. Um, Kate's trying to get in on Zoom. I think she has a weekly call with her mates. Okay, we've saved everything up to this point, haven't we? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah fine. that's fine. I'm just, if I press OK, I might, oh yeah, it's going to kick me out. So you, oh. Oh, you two can take it home. Yeah, okay. Sure, sure. Okay. All right, Tim, well, uh, take care. Oh, sorry en- about that. Enjoy tonight. Enjoy Leicester it's, Square. Well, yeah, it's coming it? home. I love the fact that you're like, oh yeah, Kate's trying to kick me out and you're going to Leicester Square. Okay, mate, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, we'll, 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 just, uh, we'll just finish this off, shall we? Sorry about that. Yeah, sure, no worries. <laughs> All right, in a bit. See you, mate. Um, yeah, Alex Gray. Yep. 2010 Newcastle Falcons. Uh, 2011 to 13 London Irish, 2016 17 Yorkshire Carnegie. Crikey! Um, a stint with England sevens between 13 and 16, and then uh, he did two years uh, Atlanta Falcons. Ah, yes. Uh, practice squad member only, but his his union his rugby union. This is Wikipedia, so believe this what you will. Um, oh yeah, he was born in Bishop Auckland as well, so went to Barnard Castle School. Ah. So he is from the, from the northeast. Um, but his his position is listed as number eight, centre, wing. Just like my Wikipedia. <laughs> well, yours has a few more entries. Yes, it does. Number it does. eight, centre, wing. Tighted prop, just to prove a point. Tighted prop, loose head prop, hooker, yeah, loose know. head lock, tighted lock. We can't, we can't do it all. We can't all do it all, can we? I certainly can't do. No. I have nowhere near the range that you have. Exactly right. On a rugby field. Um. So, it, yeah, I, he's going to struggle when he comes back, isn't he? Hitting rocks, and I think. It's going to be particularly hard for him uh, because second row, it, well, it's just it's continual hard work. It's just yeah. continual running. So, I, you know, I, 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 you know I, I like the guy an awful lot. He's uh, one of rugby's good guys. And I sincerely hope he can make, make, make a good transition back. I th- it, it does help when he has got that muscle memory, as Tim says. And also you are, so he's six foot nine and 125 kg. Why not bolt so, him onto the flank? Why not? We're, put him wherever. Because one of the one of the kind of stories of um, of Harlequin's resurgence in the post Gustard year has been how well their tight five has functioned. Yeah. <laughs> so Gustard, I was having this conversation the, the other day with someone who has thought about the situation thoroughly. Gustard had a pretty bad run of recruitment, to put it mildly, until his last year when he got fired. So in his last year when he got fired, he bought in Esther Hazen. Uh, Bald- good good signing. Baldwin. Good. It turned out to be a very good signing. Uh, Vilco Lowe. Vilco Lowe. Very good signing. Uh, 
Tyrone Green. Tyrone Green and Stephen Lewis. Louis Levies. Levies? Yeah. Why can't you just have a normal... Can we get clarification on how you say his name? It's always pronounced as Levies. 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 spelled Louis. Doesn't matter. He's bloody He's bloody good. He is very good. Yeah. If only Gostard would have held on to his job for a little longer, maybe it could have been him. He could have been touted. For, if he'd have won a premiership, he could have been touted for the England <laughs> job. Talk about sliding doors. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, so next week we have Australia, France on the Wednesday. Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday morning. I've got it I've, I've got it as Tuesday. Hmm, okay, Tuesday, fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, fine. Any thoughts? Um, now, it'd be interesting to see what team France put out, because that is... And I don't know whether the Toulouse and La Rochelle boys have travelled, but they can make that team a lot stronger. And mm. you'd suggest that if if France only just threw it away with half of their second team in, then it could be a, a big France win if they get everyone firing. I don't think that France have sent the other boys out because I saw a video of DuPont jumping off a bridge the other day. I also saw that video. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not in quarantine. Yeah. But I did wonder, could that be... Like something, he's bored in quarantine and he's just scrolling through his phone. And, and thought, found the oldest village in Australia? Uh, no, just got a video from uh, okay. six months ago that he probably um, he probably knew that he shouldn't be posting that video six months ago because yeah. uh, his playing contract probably um, precludes him from doing dangerous activities like that. Almost certainly it does. Uh, by the way, ultimate, the Ultimate Rugby app, my favourite app, I might add, uh, app which I... <laughs> rely on and adore has recently been dropping the ball massively like, I don't know what's going on here my fixtures have got well basically international friendlies the ones from this uh, last week and the next set of games are England South Africa Ireland New Zealand Wales Australia France New Zealand so if you swipe to the left now swipe the middle screen yeah there you go so that's all fixtures what so am you, I looking at so you, that's your tailored fixtures so that's wow. only fixtures from competitions that you've liked and that is all fixtures now. You, you, uh, you sound like the ultimate rugby rep. Uh, well, Brian O'Driscoll pays me handsomely to uh, to sell it. <laughs> okay, Samoa Tonga, got no thoughts on that. Uh, New Zealand, Fiji, got no thoughts on that. Um, Wales, Argentina. Am I just reading? Say, no, no. So this will be the next game. Wales play Argentina again. Yes, they that, do. And Australia play France again. So those two will be quite interesting games. Yeah. I, do you know the one thing I think when I watch these games, and uh, you know, I love rugby as much as the next guy, although the international circuit at the moment is kind of teaching me how much I love the club game far more than anything else. Yeah. I just feel that, my God, they're going to fit. This is the end of their season, and we are now, well, will be what, the 18th of July? Yeah. It's absolutely mad. Yeah. It's mad. This season has been worse, but there's got to be some intelligent thinking around. Each individual's player man, like yeah. game time management next season, because it's not a one size fits all, and I don't like the the from high dictated policy of no everyone's got to have X off, but you have to actually look at your players and be sensible around them because otherwise you won't be getting the most out of them. Just from a commercial point of view, do we need so much so much rugby? I mean, I, even I feel a little bit fatigued, and uh, I do a rugby podcast. I, I am. I have to say, I am fatigued, and I. Normally at this time of year, so I I love I love watching the Tour de France. Yeah, not able to watch it. I've I've managed to watch a bit of the Euros. I love watching the Olympics. Um, I love watching Wimbledon when I get the chance. And I, like, there's things that I would normally be watching that I'm just not able to because there's still so much rugby. And it's not even well, yeah, you're not able to. 
and that's unfortunate for you. For other people, they are able to. Yeah, because they, they will just switch off from... They won't watch the England game. Exactly. They might watch one of the Lions games, but maybe just the test matches. Yeah. So, yeah. How much merit is there in so much rugby? It really hit home to me, you know, when Don Brandt was doing his interviews. Yeah, that's the end of our season. I was like, yeah, Christ, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, and there's other lads that I've been speaking to over the last few, few days. They're back in training now. I mean, it's not obviously full training, but they're back doing their conditioning. They're yeah, back yeah, getting, yeah. getting ready. So there's just thought. So anyway, it never ends. Yeah, it never ends. Australia, France, Australia, France, Wales, Argentina. Yeah, that would be a great game. Um, and what, who, Lions, what, what are the Lions doing? Well, Lions, from what I'm looking at, let me just confirm from a, a different source. Because the last interview I saw with Gatland, he wasn't certain whether he'd be playing South Africa A first or the Stormers first. It depends. So this next week, one game is on the Wednesday, one's on the Saturday. Mm. Um but I think it's still up in the air. It might, it might have been confirmed since that Gatlin interview, yeah. but they still didn't know. Amazing, isn't it? It's incredible. And that'll be... Co- I mean, it doesn't matter too much, does it? Because the teams are seeing, whether it be the provincial teams or I suppose South Africa A, are not going to be at their absolute strongest anyway. Yeah. And one of the advantages of not having fans is you can just switch it around. You don't need to worry about employing stewards or marshals or anything yeah. else. You need that stadium. You've only got one stadium, everyone comes to visit you. Yeah, exactly. Um, although, so... One of the things he did mention was they're obviously in Joburg mm-hmm. right now. They're flying to um, Cape Town. But one of the things he mentioned was as it stood on Saturday night, they were only expecting to leave one player behind. I.e. there's one player who is fully isolating now or will be fully isolating by, uh, when, they, by when it's time to fly out on whenever Monday, Tuesday. Um, so that poor one player, the COVID boy who gets locked in a hotel room. <laughs> in, James Short. In Joburg. <laughs> Um, uh, there was one other thing I was going to mention then. Oh, I can't, re- can't remember. Well, that is a tremendous end to a tremendous podcast. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Ruby Podcast, me at Jay Beardmore, Tim at Cocker. Phil will be looking in your DMs as and when he sees it fit. Come and join us. Come and join us playing sevens. Phil, you'll be playing sevens, won't you? Uh, tens? I, You're not going to lay down your mate and not play tens, are you? I might play tens. I might. Depends how many beers you get in me. Good. So uh, I've got this. I've got this like narrow window somewhere between say four and seven beers when I can play, and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm both willing and able to play. It's a very it's a very narrow. It's like um it's like when NASA are trying to get through a certain you know a, a certain window of time when when the moon is rotating in the right area and you know they've got to get everything lined up and they've got six hours to do it. Less than four, no chance I'm playing because I am I am officially injured. But I am definitely injured. More than seven, also no chance you're playing. No chance I will be. Not be, I will be unable physically to play for other reasons. Yeah, so we need at least two players for the sevens, at least two players for the tens. Get in touch, please get in touch. We really need you to play for us. Uh, yeah, call it call it payback for all of the hard work that we do. So there you go, perfect, perfect. Uh, we will be back with you next week. We might do a midweek podcast. We didn't this uh, this week because we just didn't think it was think it was worth it. But if it is worth it, we will do it. In the meantime, uh, I guess you will join me in saying, uh, c- "Come on, England." Come on, England. Ingerland, Ingerland, Ingerland. That's quite enough, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.